0: Welcome to episode 32 of the Self-Care 101 podcast with your host Pooja K. McClymont helping people achieve their full potential with effective self-care through well-being coaching. Thank you so much for listening today. This is probably my deepest episode so far. It's about spirituality. I interview award-winning founder and coach Rupinder Kaur of Asian Women Mean Business a community that connects Asian women both on and offline, providing a unique environment where women can experience empathy and understanding to share their business journeys and entrepreneurial dreams. We talk about the journey from corporate life to discovering Rapinda's own spiritual journey, which led her to becoming a baptized Sikh. For Rapinda, she felt her life was missing spirituality and a connection to the divine. The journey has been one of exploration, growth and love, it has been the most pivotal journey Ripinder has ever been on, even more than marriage and kids, because it was a journey just for herself. The aim of our show is to demonstrate what the journey to spirituality can look like and its benefits. We discuss the ways you can approach spirituality or religion, even if it's out of your comfort zone. We talk about how to embrace spirituality if it's new territory, how spirituality can help people who feel lonely, how spirituality can help with compassion for self and others, And how spirituality can help in difficult circumstances like loss of work or illness. Surrender to the flow of life, says Rupinda. I ask you to listen to this episode with an open heart and mind, and I hope that it helps you explore your own spiritual journey too. Hi, Rupinda, how are you doing? Hi, Pooja. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'd like to thank you again so much for doing my show today. This is very exciting for me.
1: No, it's an absolute honour. I love your show and I love what you're doing. So thank you for having me
0: on. Great. So I think what I do with all of my shows is just basically get straight into it. So there's no waffling, just straight in. Um, I think you've got a really inspiring journey about your spirituality, your faith and where you are today and rather than me talk about it, I think if you could spend a couple of minutes just telling everybody who you are, where you came from and where you are today, what's going on?
1: Sure, sure of course. Um, gosh, yes, yeah, that's, that's a lot to cover in a few minutes though, so um <laughs> Uh, So I am the the founder of an organization called Asian Women Mean Business. Mm -hmm. And we are a online and offline community that are supporting South Asian women to help find their purpose in this world. And how um, I came into spirituality and my purpose was through a... 20-year journey really I guess into the corporate world I came in through HR and psychology um, and I've always been fascinated by the human brain so psychology and science has has always been a big driver for me what motivates people to do what they do Mm. but what was missing for me for a long time was spirituality and a connection with the divine and I could because I didn't grow up in a particularly religious or spiritual household and so that wasn't it didn't form part of our childhood growing up and it was something that I came to as an adult when I turned 31 32 so I had my daughter and that was the the catalyst I think as for many people to kind of start to think about what kind of parent they want to be what kind of roots they want to lay down for their children and because Spirituality and the divine was something that was missing for my childhood. I felt it was something really important to embrace it and bring it into. First of all, bring it into my life, and then bring it into the lives of my children. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, my route into spirituality has been by embracing the faith that I was born into, so the religion that I was born into, which is Sikhi um, but which I didn't know and I didn't know anything about. So really. It, undertaking a journey of exploration and growth and development and curiosity and love to understand what is it that we're here to do in this lifetime how does that connect with the universal energy and how does that connect with our divine creator yeah um and it's been incredible it has been just probably the most pivotal journey I have ever been on more so than you know getting married or even having children because this is something that I've undertaken for myself and it's become the bedrock of my life in terms of my outlook my approach that it's a, a fundamental part of who I am and what I do
0: yeah i think it's it's incredible that you you've you've obviously had this journey this experience what I find what from what you just said in your intro at what as an Indian person we're both Indian I find it really interesting that you didn't grow up in a in a religious or spiritual household because we're we're roughly around the same age aren't we so our parents are probably around the same age too and In my home, although it wasn't something that was sort of forced and, you know, we had to do every single thing by religion, it was very much more spiritually based, I guess. So it was in everything you did, you know. We had um, a little temple at home and we would obviously observe the major festivals, things like that. But it was more the philosophies, for instance, in Hinduism, like with um, yogic philosophy, Vedantic and also you know ayurvedic principles as well here and there but it was just normal way of life really it wasn't anything and i'm quite grateful for that because it's meant that i've had spirituality in my life as a as a constant so it's it's not abnormal for me for instance but i find it interesting that you didn't so how come what were your your parents weren't religious at all yeah i mean first of all i think it's beautiful that you you did have that i um so
1: for for me and my parents my parents were young uh, young parents my my mum was 20 my dad was 22 when they had me Mm. um and they were very much as a lot of immigrants were in survival mode so Mm -hmm. they were you know i grew up in the midlands they had blue collar jobs They were working incredibly hard. And being young parents themselves, I just don't think they had the capacity to really delve into consciousness. Right. And delve into spirituality. And there wasn't the scope to ask some of the bigger questions that we sometimes perhaps want to ask ourselves at the moment Mm. around who am I? What am I here to do? They just kind of were in doing mode. Right. so, yeah, it wasn't really. And the other thing I think is that for me and I think for I've, having spoken to a lot of people in my generation that um, my background is my parents are from Punjab. They're from North India. And oh, mine too. <laughs> there's a big difference, I think, between our faith and what our religion practices. But, and also what our culture practices.
0: A hundred percent. We yes. grew
1: up in a very Punjabi household mm. and there was a lot of um, merging of, oh, this is a Sikhi practice. This is, there actually wasn't a, a clear divide between what was culture and what was faith and religion. Mm-hmm. And I found that quite challenging growing up. Um, and, and we're, you know, this, I'm talking about 80s and 90s. It, internet wasn't around the level of knowledge and awareness that we have around certainly around our scriptures wasn't around it took a lot of people from my generation to step up and start Mm. to use the internet to really explain what our faith is about so yeah and I think like I said there was a big big difference between I mean I remember growing up and being told you know seek girls don't cut their hair seek girls don't wear makeup seek girls don't do this and actually had nothing to do with our religion and everything to do with the culture, the 80s and 90s Punjabi mm. culture in the Midlands, which mm. is very different from this. I find the more you go up north in England, the more traditional the communities are. So certainly the Midlands,
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I've noticed that, too, because we've got some family um, through in-laws who live in... Um, the Birmingham Wolverhampton areas and whenever we'd go to their house when we were kids it was a different out you know we'd be dressing differently to go to their houses compared to if we were going to someone else's you know in London so I, I hear that very much so.
1: Yeah and that's where I grew up so I grew up in the Wood, Wolverhampton oh, okay. and it was it, it yeah it absolutely is um, was and it is still like that to some extent because I remember we had family in London and when we would come to remember you know certainly in the early 90s coming to weddings in London and discovering that South Asian women drank alcohol that was a, like <laughs> scandal it was scandalous like we didn't work girls and women in the, the Midlands it was a big deal whereas it was quite openly um that was a way of life here it was just, yeah so so yeah that's where I think so we practiced a lot of uh our our culture was a big part of growing up but our faith and spirituality wasn't a big part and i don't know if that's because when my parents believe in god and they believe in spirituality and they they've stepped on a little bit more onto the path now but Mm. it it wasn't part of our childhood growing up so they didn't perhaps place a value on it in terms of something to pass on to their children
0: no i think that's that's also very common and the reason why I, I like i say that is because you know you're in various different groups i look at my my own family and relationships and you know in my family now so my cousins we're all we're ranging from the age of 45 down to 23 at the moment my first cousins on my mum's side and we've got you know quite a few of us are in mixed race relationships Um, marriages children and things like that and not all of us even speak Punjabi so I'm Hindu Punjabi so we we don't all speak Hindu uh, sorry we don't all speak Punjabi we don't all speak Hindi we don't all practice you know the, the the things that we were I guess not necessarily taught but things that we grew up knowing like the various festivals and Things that you don't do on a Tuesday, things that you don't do on a Thursday, a fast on this day, you know, all the various different things that, you know, just basically got handed down from mother to mother. And so we know that there's a big difference with, especially us, because we're first generation. But when I had my son, I mean, I married a a, a Jamaican man, um, British, but Jamaican heritage, and obviously there's hoopla and all of that. But my it was very very clear and very necessary for me to teach my son both of his heritage both of his faiths and that was it there was there's no question I don't tick the box that Micah is x or y he is of himself and we've made a conscious decision that whenever he goes to my parents house they are only to speak to him in Hindi or Punjabi and I say that to anybody who's an elder, really, who does speak the languages more so every day. And so my son now is, you know, basically fluent in Hindi, he understands Hindi and Punjabi, and he's four. And a lot of people around my age, don't even speak you know, that's it's a very common thing. And I think it's because of what you said at the beginning about your, your parents just in that doing state. You do get caught up in the doing and you're in a different country, you're in a different culture, very much a different culture, especially in terms of work and things. And you're trying to just do everything that's important. But because our faith, I mean, obviously you can, you, you can <laughs> disagree with me on it, but I think with our faith, with Hinduism and Sikhism, they're both very chill in terms of what you need to do it's not so much a case of you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this and very regimented it's kind of here's the philosophy take it on as it suits you I don't know if that's something that resonates with Sikhism but I know with Hinduism that it's very much based on that here it is do what's realistic to you and then set your values from there what do you think so,
1: so to to an extent um with our faith we obviously there's a, the wider diaspora and of the, the faith in terms of you know outlining the tenets and what what we believe in mm-hmm. um but we also do have a a, a um a baptism ceremony so people who decide as I have decided to become a baptized Sikh mm-hmm. and we have a very specific code of conduct that Sikhs who have become baptized and who are um, part of the initiated Sikhs the Khalsa which Guru Gobind Singh Ji our 10th Guru decreed um, we do have a code of conduct so we do have it's almost like a playbook a rule book of life in mm-hmm. terms of these are the the specific prayers to do this is how we deal with certain life events and our approach to all of that so Mm -hmm. within that within that scope so that scope there is probably little um, little room for manoeuvre which Mm -hmm. um, which to be honest suits me and suits my life and I knew that when I decided to become a baptised Sikh but in terms of the widest wider group of of Sikhs who who um, align themselves to the faith and they probably do have a a very similar approach to what you've said which and which is kind of probably like how I was living my life certainly before which was this picking and choosing and assimilating um, as I felt fit Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that I think people you know you, you start where you are you you do do that you pick and choose you adapt you assimilate you see how that goes for you and then you may decide that there's other components of that faith that you want to take on board if that suits you as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with that for sure. So how would somebody, I mean, you know, you've you've said that you've grown up in a household where, that wasn't necessarily spiritual or religious, but your parents did believe in God. But I mean, I work with a lot of people who don't really have spirituality don't really have purpose i guess is the best way of, of putting it or or have something meaningful in their life beyond something material so when i say material i'm also talking about just you know relationships so how would somebody embrace spirituality if it's new territory for them because i think it's it's like that whole spirituality and religion are two different things but also it is kind of one in the same as well. Like it's, you know, it's it's a difficult one to maneuver, I think. But
1: what would you suggest? Yeah. Well, my thoughts are that uh, you can be spiritual without following a a set religion. Mm. You can believe in a creator, in the divine. You can believe in a universal energy that is you know working through nature and working through humanity and you don't necessarily have to believe in a a religion to do that Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't um think any less of anyone who does believe in a religion who doesn't believe in a religion i think religion and faith and spirituality is a beautiful thing it can only be something that enhances your life if you choose to to believe in it and take part in it Mm -hmm. but for me it was really quite clear and the, the tenets of my faith actually support my spiritual philosophy. So that goes really, really well together, which is we, be, we believe as a, as a religion, we believe that we believe in one creator. We believe in one spiritual force and we believe that every human being, every part, everyone is part of that divinity. So we, I am part of that divinity. Others are part of that divinity. And that, that the divine resides within us. And mm. I, Find that a really beautiful belief set to have in terms of that we are part of that creation and that we that resides within our, within our, within us. So we don't actually have to go anywhere to connect with it within that divine. You don't have to go to a church or a mosque or a synagogue or a temple or a god. The one I like, we do. Mm. You. It's very. If you have the inkling and wanting to and the yearning to it is really possible to connect within that divine within yourself and the the easiest way to do that is to take some quiet time and to sit with yourself and so many people find this really really difficult to do and I think mm. whilst we've seen an increase in you in know meditation and mindfulness practices Um, which have made this more mainstream now, Mm. which is brilliant because we know, you know, from a science, scientific point of view, from a psychological point of view, we know that when you give your brain the time to just rest and recuperate and um, be in that state of consciousness only good things can happen so but the way to tap into that divine is by taking that 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 quiet time to yourself we believe that as Sikhs and I think Hindus do too that the the best time to do that is in the early hours of the morning yeah when when the world is resting yeah um it does something to your level of consciousness if you can and so Guru Nanak Devdi told us to wake up three hours before sun, sunrise Oof. we call that Amrit Villa so it's the time of sweetness yeah. and to just take that time to contemplate on the divine and if even if you just do that and you don't do the set prayers you don't follow the the commands yeah. of um of a, a set religion it will, it will open up pathways and and doors that are just beautiful.
0: Do you know, it's, it's funny that you said that because yes, in, in Hinduism, it's the same. It's in the early hours, it's the first thing you do. Um, and then, you know, if you have a yoga practice, then traditionally it would be, you would sort of cement it through your yoga practice. But I, actually have taken that on and added it to my coaching practice and it's something that is probably the biggest win for a lot of my clients who don't feel sort of that spiritual connection with any you know anything whether it's religion or themselves or universe anything they know they want to explore it they've dabbled in meditation and and mindfulness but it's not quite Hitting the mark. So, what I've done is I've sort of given them that principle of the divine is within you, but not too heavy-handedly. So it doesn't sound like I'm preaching. And all I do is I just and I do this from my in my retreats. Actually, it's one of the most important parts of the retreat that the morning starts with meditation with self, and we'll do it as a group, obviously, because it's guiding and. It's the one teaching that I believe has had the most profound effect on my clients as, a, as you know, as a rule, because they, they've taken it into their day to day. And I honestly, I bang on about it to anyone I talk to. and I've said it quite a few times in podcast shows as well. But if on upon waking, you can just give yourself just start with 10 minutes of just you and yourself every morning before you do anything else it will really set you up just even for that day and over time that will build up into something more uh, you know maybe a lot more deeper but you can approach that more easily afterwards and that is meditation that is spirituality that is connecting to self that is finding purpose without forcing it i think is probably best way of describing it because I think when people get into that oh I've got to meditate I've got to do this I've got to do that that kind of all that I've got to do it or I should do this kind of negates from the whole point of what the meditation is going to do for you
1: oh I completely agree and it becomes another tick box you know I've got as you said I've got to do it and even then when you're doing the practice of it it's more of a you're not in the moment in the mm. present moment but and, and the other thing I was just going to add on to that is even if it's something that you struggle with just as we struggle with when we're starting doing anything that's new and unknown to us there is always that struggle and there's always that period before a habit is formed is to persevere with it and the first thing that you know most people do when they sit with themselves is they ask themselves am I doing this right (laughs) but that is you know you're it's a conversation with within yourself within the divine so Mm. there is no wrong way of doing it there's only ever going to be a right way of doing it And one thing I've always encouraged as well is if you are struggling, if you're if you don't feel like you have that connection with a spiritual power, a higher power, um, there are other avenues to to explore that. And one of the most powerful avenues to do that through is through a walk in nature and just to observe. Yeah. what's happening in the world around us and we I, I mean i that's part of the reason I love living in England I love the fact that we have four seasons I love the fact that we can you know we can see spring we can feel summer mm. I love autumn I love the fact that we've seen the changes of the colours and how the how the you know the, the landscape looks and I'd love the frost and the cold of winter and um so we don't have to get too hung up about these things going for a really beautiful walk in nature connecting with what's happening around you there's a universal energy in that and actually that that helped me when I had postnatal depression I used to go for a a walk every day for three hours you know baby was in the buggy and that mo that moment is what lifted me and lifted some of the clouds when I was feeling in a very grey spot, um, as opposed to maybe some of the other practices that even my religion or my faith would have taught me. Because actually we're taught that spirituality is within us and it's around us and within us, so you can embrace it wherever you are.
0: Yeah. I When you said about walking in nature, I was just like, ping, spirit animals talking to each other right now. (laughs) Walking is my I guess my number two for anybody that I work with you know the first one is to have that silence for themselves and if you can get out and do it outside even better you know so if you can spare that extra 10 minutes before you go to work to do the commute and you've got somewhere nice you could walk do it when it's lunch break just do it just just walk don't have an agenda just do it and more recently where I've been doing some clarity calls with clients It's the main thing I tell them, when you go for that walk, walk with purpose. And the purpose is just that you want to clear the fog of all the thoughts that are running around in your mind. Or the purpose is... To just appreciate what's around you. And that's it. Nothing more. Just like you say about the seasons, looking at, you know, what's around you, the trees, the the houses. And, and I've started to see actually on social media, people are posting the things about their local area, which we wouldn't normally do. We would normally post a picture of the cocktails that we're having after a hard day of work. We would normally post a perfect selfie of ourselves because we're all doled up to go somewhere. But people are actually posting a lot more of this. And I think, I mean, I really hope this is what happens on the other side, that it continues. But I think that that is one of the most powerful things you can do. It's the most simple. It's the easiest. And I do think it's the most powerful thing to do in order to sort of connect to spirituality or something if you've not done it before.
1: I completely agree.
0: So, you mentioned um a little bit ago <laughs> about how spirituality when you're not you know you're not you're not doing so good or if you're on your own or something like that and i wanted to tap into that a little bit more because i think you know we tend to turn to god right or spirituality when things are going not so great in our lives right so somebody's not well or whatever will turn to god god please help me through this etc mm. tends to be for things like that and even you know you've seen so many people who are devout atheists who will at the point of you know a major crisis happening they will turn to god how do you think spirituality can help in difficult circumstances like if you had for instance right now we're going through the covid pandemic so there's a lot of people there who have lost work um there's people who aren't well there's just a general lack of joy i think you know in in the Mm. grandest you know and yes you can try and find joy within your family if you've got family etc but really for yourself because this is what we're talking about is connecting to self in some way how do you think spirituality can help in these sorts of difficult circumstances
1: so for me i think um and this is my truth my story that whenever i have been at my lowest ebb i've always turned to god Mm. always turned to the divine and um, actually what happens is when we're when life is going well all things are plain sailing we forget the hand of God in all of that so when when things are rocked a little bit it's a re- for me certainly it's always been a reminder to go back to my practices and my that spiritual connection and strengthen that so I'm actually really I am thankful for any times that bring me closer to my spirituality and bring me to the divine. And inevitably, that's going to be when things are a little bit rough and when things haven't um, gone according to our plan. Mm. But what's really helped me is understanding that certainly my faith. and But again, my religion practices this, but I believe this as a spiritual being as well, that we come here our souls have come here with a divine purpose and a certain uh, agenda and, uh, and role that we have to perform and some of those things are bigger things that are far outside of our control and the best thing we can do in those moments is surrender to the flow of life and surrender to what is happening to see that we have been gifted this life and this human body and this, uh, this lifetime to endure and and thrive and survive and flourish throughout all of these experiences I'm, and for me I just think I always constantly reflect it's the 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 times when things are rough that that's how we build our resilience in life that's how we build our strength you know that saying isn't it Pooja people ask mm-hmm. for strength people ask for strength but they mm-hmm. don't want the experiences that are going to give them that strength (laughs) we ask for resilience we ask for the ability to endure but we don't want we don't want the hard times that's going to build that Yes. so we we need to be able to have that level of acceptance and surrender so i find that actually find that quite easy to do now because i just feel there's a, a grand plan at play here and within it, there is um, an element of free will. So even with the situation at the moment, none of us are in control of mm. um, how the virus has spread. We, none of us are in control of what the government have decided to do and enforce this lockdown. We're mm. not in control of what's happened necessarily, what's happened with our jobs and our businesses if they've been closed down. But within that, we have a, an element of, of free will and control. So actually, we do get to control what time we wake up. We get to control what time we go to sleep. We get to control what we watch, what we eat. We get to control the the media we're consuming at this time. We get to control what we are contributing at this time. Are we adding to the fear or to the faith? So even within this grand plan, there are parts of it which are free will. Mm. And it's about understanding that as well. You know, which parts do I surrender to and which parts do I step up to?
0: I love that. When you said about surrendering to the flow, I, I, it just really sat with me. I might have to steal that for a social media post. But surrendering to the flow, I think that's really an, a beautiful way of putting it. Because you do, if you do just, you know, like you say, we we can't control certain things about what's going on. But there are a whole bunch of things that we can control that are only going to make us better in whichever way shape or form that is but it is only going to make us better if we surrender to the flow
1: i i think so and i like so many others i've you know i've lost work i've lost paid work i've um lost clients there's so all of us there cannot be a person who who didn't start this year with big plans and big hopes and big dreams that it was a new Mm. the dawn of a new century and that, you know, we were. this was the year and this was the century that we we're going to make an impact in. Yeah. And like so many others, my expectations and my hopes and wants and desires, it felt a little bit like the rug had been pulled out from underneath me. And it took mm-hmm. me, I mean, it took me a few days to, and I mean by a few days, I think it took me about 10 days to get my head around it yeah. and understand that this is the play of, of far bigger things than I and And the reality is that when we have, when there's a disconnection between what is really happening and our expectations, that's where the turmoil kicks in. Mm. And my way of dealing with that is, as I said, is just to surrender to the things that I cannot control. And just within that carve out, actually, what do I have control over and how can I maintain a sense of positivity within that space?
0: Yeah. Yeah. have nothing to add to that i think that's just you're so articulate (laughs) it's brilliant you really do you really articulate those things very very well it's beautiful so in this kind of scenario right now there's there's people who are there who are at home alone and some people enjoy solitude so they're they're dealing with it the way they need to deal with it but they're okay With themselves, they're okay being alone and are quite comfortable with that being their norm. But then there is a bank of people who are very lonely at the moment, and it's not exclusive to people who live alone. You know, they can be very lonely in a very busy household Mm. as well. And I wonder if spirituality can help people. Well, that's a silly question because I do know the answer to that, but I wonder how. From your perspective, do you think spirituality can help people who are feeling loneliness right now? And like I say, that's not just necessarily people who live alone; it could be people in a very busy home. But how can spirituality actually help people who are feeling lonely? Because it's like you know when there's there's a unjust experience that somebody goes through, say a child passing or something, and you think, well, how can there be a God if you know this is allowed to happen and when you're in that sort of mindset it's very difficult so if you're feeling lonely it's like you know well there's clearly not a god because i've been praying for that for a partner and i've never got this partner and you know now i'm all alone there's and then obviously the crisis magnifies everything doesn't it all those thoughts and the the personal judgment how can someone in that sort of scenario look to spirituality faith to strengthen their resolve first of
1: all for for my for for me there is no sense of this is good or this is bad Mm -hmm. because as has often happened it is when we think something has bad is bad it can often turn out to be the most positive learning experience and growth experience of your life Mm -hmm. so i know when i i had postnatal depression and You know, things were really grey and bleak, but I look back on that experience and know that um, it was such an informative experience in terms of how coming out of that, what that taught me and the the skills um, and the approach that it's given me in life in terms of definitely building empathy and compassion and understanding So it's really easy to label experiences as good and bad. But the Mm -hmm. only time you can do that really is at the end of our days when we really are looking back Mm -hmm. and and we have the 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 fortune of absolute hindsight. When we're going through an experience, we actually don't know if it's good or bad for us. We don't know because we don't um, know what's going to come out at the end of that. And for me, in those experiences, it has been holding on to the hand of, of the divine, of holding on to the hand of God and understanding that coming out of it, I will feel less alone and I will feel that I'm being accompanied and I'm not alone. So yeah. I think that that certainly helped me. When and, and I think you made a really good point. I know when I was, you know, I had PND, but being in a household with others, being part of a community and a family and very much knowing that I wasn't alone but still feeling feeling lonely in mm. my experience because that was my experience of my thoughts and how I was feeling about the world and, and my life at that, that time. So I know what that feels like. But I know that I also know it feels less lonely if you welcome in the divine at that moment. And that can be as simple as saying a a, a prayer and it doesn't have to be a prayer to the man in the sky or to the gods or it could be a prayer to mother earth it could be a prayer to nature it could be a prayer to the divine that as i said resides within you so recognizing yeah. there's a higher power within us yeah. that you can connect to to feel less alone
0: mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree with you as you were talking i was sort of going back to the time where i was very lonely um and i i really struggled with the fact that I'd gotten to, into a place where I thought I will never have a partner. I will never, you know, have this family that I've dreamt of or, and, and any of it. And it was, it was such a horrible time and I didn't look to faith. I didn't look, go into my spirituality at that time. I, I've sort of resented it a bit. I thought, you know, I've been so devout in a sense and yet, you know the, 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 what I'm asking for, you're not giving me. Why aren't you giving it to me? Why don't I d- deserve this? I'm being, I'm being kind. I'm being compassionate. I'm working hard. I'm doing this. and doing that. And yes, like you say, you know, when we have absolute hindsight, when we're, when we're, you know, about to die, I think is obviously when you can say, oh that happened for then. But I've, I'm, as a coach, I guess maybe that's sort of honed my skills. But I'm very much a devout reflector you know so as things happen I may not enjoy the experience as I'm going through it but I know that I will reflect on it in time and when I reflect on it in time I'll be able to see why it had happened because it obviously had cause and effect right so it's it's affected something else that's happened in my life for good or bad reasons if you if if you're thinking in terms of absolutes but again it's how you think it's about your mindset on that so personally I don't think in good or bad experiences I think in terms of unfortunate but learning everything is going to be some level of learning and that helps me get through tough times but it's something it's it's a skill you know and it's something that you have to keep doing day in day out no matter how horrible the circumstances and like you say at that point you know when you're at your worst that's when looking into yourself or to god is when going to be the most beneficial for you it I, yeah it just really threw me there actually <laughs> <laughs> just went back quite a few years You mentioned about having compassion and I think something that's going on right now is a little bit of confusion on how to be kind and how to be compassionate. And I don't just mean for self, I mean for others as well. So in the sense that we need to be kinder to ourselves. So not putting so much, Oh, you should be doing this. You should have faith. You should have this. You should do this. And also looking at other people and the, I guess this forms a little bit about what you said earlier about expectations, but the expectations we have of others. So people showing up for us right now, for instance, you know, we're expecting certain people to pick up the phone and phone us and they may not be. And then we feel obliged that we must do that. But how can that translate and how can spirituality help us be compassionate naturally you know and have that compassion for ourselves and also others so we don't just shoot from the hip you know or lead from the ego when we feel that someone has done us wrong for instance or even for us when we get into that sort of blame cycle within ourselves that we are kinder to ourselves and we can then obviously move move forward with whatever we're trying to do even if that's just going to the gym it's just something that we if we're more compassionate with ourselves you and I know that it's a big help but how does spirituality feed into that
1: well I think you can't give to others what you don't have within yourself and you don't have for yourself so Mm -hmm. compassion like self-love like empathy um You know, we we need to be able to demonstrate it for ourselves. And then and only then, because then we recognize it for what it is. We recognize kindness for what it is, because we're being kind to ourselves, We're being kind to our thoughts. Mm. We're having we're holding ourselves and treating ourselves and our heart and our mind as we um, would want someone that we love to treat us. But showing up for ourselves in that way and then demonstrating that for others from that place. Of kindness and love and purpose and for me I mean so it goes back to you know do you need religion or do you need to, do you need spirituality to be a kind person well no because you can have a belief in humanity and you can still have a moral con- code of conduct and um, thoughts about how people should be treated at this time mm. without necessarily being guided but what I have found is that it just adds a level of substance so that's what I have found in my spirituality and my faith it just it's given me roots and depth and from that place of filling myself up with all of those qualities in abundance so they're overflowing mm. I'm at a place where I can give that so freely and easily to others through my interactions with them and not always doesn't even have to be absolute physical interactions but just from you know we know this to be true that if you are feeling in that place and you are feeling in that energy of compassion and gratitude that energy is what people will be feeling as well so and, and that's what the world needs more at this time to mm. co- combat some of the fear and the, I mean thankfully I think a lot of the you know the scarcity mindset that we saw right at the beginning the hoarding mm. the um, the panic, the it was almost like that, you know, the Chicken Little moment. The sky yes. is falling down. The sky is falling. Yes, down. yes. Um, and when when that was happening, certainly that was not happening in my household or for people that I am connected to at a deep level of spirituality and divine. Because what we already knew was that it was, it's all going to be fine. Our needs will be met. That we don't need to jump into that scarcity mindset. We can be in a place of abundance and compassion. Mm-hmm. And when the dust settles as it has settled now, um we we you know the stores are stocked up. We can still get, we can have our needs met mm-hmm. at all times. And that's what spirituality and a belief in the divine has given me and other people that are walking on the path that are very similar to mine.
0: Mm. I think that's beautiful there's again, like I say you're very articulate it's yes, a hundred percent. I'm not going to add to that because I think yes. what you said is just perfection itself. Rupinder, thank you so much for being on this show today i I could really talk to you for hours endlessly and and you know i it's funny because when you, actually will add something, but it's funny because you said about the energy and the energy exchange, and the people that are around you didn't feel that scarcity and I a million percent agree with you I had this same experience and it's true it's those people that you have that deeper connection with and you know you and I don't know each other really you know we know each other virtually don't we we don't ha- we, we don't have a, a a deep friendship or anything like that we've known each other for years nothing like that but I remember when I saw something you posted or you and I just had an exchange on social media didn't we in our first instance and I was like I feel like there's something here but I don't know what yet (laughs) you know but I'm just going to put it out there like I feel something and you came back and you you know you you uh you, you were very kind back and basically our relationship has been very much based on kindness you know like you we were talking about it at the beginning before we started recording about how you know I, I, I was grateful for whenever you like a post of mine or make a comment because it has a really big effect on the reach it has on social media and that's you being kind right it's just you being obviously yourself and saying that about compassion for yourself if you haven't got if you haven't got it for yourself you can't give it to others i think is a really poignant um not revelation but you know really poignant point <laughs> that that you made and it's yeah it's just got me thinking i mean i'm so rattled now like you've you've got me into the spirituality zone <laughs> as we've been talking i just for me
1: It's just been uh, spirituality and the divine has just added to my life. It's Mm. been a revelation in terms of how much I can surrender, how much I can accept, how much, um, you know, and we we, and I don't want to be blase about our experience in this. We're not I'm not coming out of this unscathed financially or um, emotionally Mm. or in terms of um, you know it's testing so many people and so many different things but I had this conversation even with my husband I said you know what's the worst that's going to happen out of all of this what is for like for us I mean what is the the worst case scenario what is it we what we lose our cars we lose our home we actually that's fine we because I one of the big talents of spirituality for me has also been uh, an acceptance um, of detachment mm-hmm. so we, we we may have these things but they mm-hmm. don't belong to us Correct. and they are blessings and gifts that have been bestowed to us and if they are going to be taken away well what am I without them then yeah. if I am defining my sense of purpose with this who am I but yeah. I what being a certainly being a Sikh has given me is that sense of knowing who I am and that isn't defined by my belongings, my home, not, it's not even defined by my relationships, I have a very strong sense of myself and that's what was missing for me before and not, not having that growing up, so although having the culture, um, having an understanding of where my parents came from, the duality of that, what stepping into my faith has given me is a f- firm acceptance and sense of self it's given me roots it's given me lineage it's given me faith it's given me a connection with the divine that nothing else has so however we come out of this i know it will be fine um and that's all i wish for everyone else to get sense of as well that you we're not going to come out unchanged but just trust the process and trust the path and where we're where we're being led that we 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 will come out of this better people than when we went into it
0: yeah thank you thank you Rupinda thank you for being on the show thank you for having me thank you for listening to the self-care 101 podcast If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would subscribe, rate and review so that other people like you can find the show. For more tips and tricks, you can follow me on the socials at franklycoaching or visit my website to find out more about my coaching programs and how to work with me at franklycoaching.com. Talk to you soon.